0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Let's get into the Word of God. I'm telling you, the Word of God is living and active, sharpening any double-edged sword. It nourishes, it feeds our soul, our spirit, man. It makes us strong. It makes us feel like breakfast of champions every time we eat it and devour His Word. We come out a champion because God's Word is powerful and living and active. Amen? But Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, picking up where we left off last week, I didn't get a chance to touch on this verse in the second service like I did in the first service, so I want to pick up where I left off last week in the, in the first service. And it says this in Hosea 4, verse 6. It said, My people, which he's referring to you today, You are God's people. The Bible says you are God's royal priesthood, a holy people belonging to God. You belong to God, that God has chosen you and calling you his own. He not only knows you, but he also knows you by name. So when he calls you, he calls you not by a number, not by a body, but he calls you by name. He calls you by name and said, my people, he says, listen, are destroyed from the lack of knowledge, the lack of understanding of God's word and who God is is where we miss it where we miss out and where we lose out is this we lose out in the victories of God in our lives because when we're faced with opposition we have a lack of knowledge or lack of understanding of who your God is and because you forget who your God is and how awesome and great your God is what happens we became overcome instead of being overcomers because we forget who are great and awesome is our God and that's why we're destroyed the enemy comes in defeats us and destroys us because we don't understand the knowledge and how great and awesome and big your God is but if you know your God and if you know your daddy, you know that every battle that you're in, God has never lost the battle. Now, you're going to go through the battle. and doesn't mean you're not going to get any cuts and bruises and scars. But you're always going to come through the battle because if God is for you, who can be against you? You're going to win the battle eventually because God never loses a battle. And if you're on God's side, you and God make a majority. Amen? So he says, because you have rejected knowledge or put it aside or just, man, glance at your word, keep it in the back of your, back, uh, uh, back of your car, on the back seat of your car or in, in the window there in your car, and because you neglected your Bible and only glance at it when you get in your car, he says, what? I have also rejected you as priests. In other words, I've laid it out for you. You know, you, you accept me. But I also accept you. I always say this. There's two two promises that God, how God operates in promises. Number one, it's a conditional promise. Here's the conditional promise. The conditional promise is that if you draw closer to God, then he will draw closer to you. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness... You will be full. That's called a condition condition promise, promise, that this is my condition. I have to do my part, and then God will do his part. That's called a condition promise. But then there's the unconditional promise. The unconditional promise is this, that God's unconditional promise that he's going to love you, He's going to love you regardless. I'm going to love you. And then He's not only going to love you, He said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. He said, I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to blot out your sins and I'm going to remember them no more. Those are God's unconditional promises that He makes to you. But the question is, are you walking in the condition problems? Are you walking in the promises of God? I'm going to walk in this condition of a promise. I'm going to devour your word. I'm going to hide your word in our heart that I might not sin against God. And when you do that, God will follow through on his end, but he wants to see if you're going to put one foot in front of the other and do the condition to the promise, to accepting the promise. Got it? Now watch what he says. I also reject the priest, because you have ignored the law of your God. I also will ignore your children. Do you see what happens from generation to generation The opposite of that is this, the Bible says in Proverbs, train up a child, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. So God says, our role, our responsibility is to train them in the things that you yourself have knowledge of, the word of, that we're supposed to impart it into our children. But the opposite of that is, if you're not doing that with your children, guess what's happening? There's that ignorance of God in their lives. It works both ways. But if you have your notes, listen. Hosea warns you that you will be destroyed if you are not prepared in his word and in his understanding. You'll be destroyed. You ever think about that? Be destroyed. Is he talking about maybe physically, Walt? Is he talking about are you going to be destroyed, Denise, physically? You know what he's talking about there? If you study that word "destroyed," it's talking about this: that you'll be destroyed physically as well as emotionally and spiritually. What happens is, how does the enemy come in? He destroys you by making you start doubting, start doubting God's word. He destroys you by lying to you. John eight verse forty four: The devil is the father of lies, the author of confusion. He destroys you, and he destroys your faith, he destroys your trust, he destroys your walk in God, and that's how he does that, by making you walk in fear, worry, and doubt, and he destroys that. But how do you conquer? You conquer by that, by the opposite. And the enemy comes in every time he faced Jesus, every time. If you read it in Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was faced with the onslaught of the enemy, what did the enemy try to do? He tried to take him down or destroy him. And what did he first of all did in Matthew 4, 4? He said, hey, if you're the Lord, he said, I will give you everything that you have. I will give you everything. And how did Jesus combat the enemy? It is written, it is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the very words that proceedeth out of the word of God. You see, listen. Listen. You are not destroyed when you have an understanding of God's Word, that when the enemy tries to tempt you or bring you down or discourage you, you combat that attack with God's Word. But if you don't have the Word of God in you and you have a lack of knowledge of God's Word, you're going to be overcome instead of an overcomer. And you will be defeated. And that's how he destroys God's people. That's how he destroys. His Word makes known to you the invisible things of the spirit realm it makes known to you the, the invisible things of the spirit realm that maybe you don't understand but God enlightens to you the things of the spirit it makes known to you the attacks of the enemy that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2:11 for we are not unaware of the enemy schemes we are not unaware we are made aware we are enlightened to and how do I get enlightened to by God's word it makes me aware of what the attacks of the enemy is going to be it enlightens the path of how his attack is coming at me I don't know about you but wouldn't it be great if every opponent you were playing you had their playbook wouldn't that be great I mean to tell you, you'll be ready. Oh, I know that position. They're going to run this play. I know what they're going to do there. That's what God's words actually really does. It gives you the plan of the attack of the enemy and how he's going to come against you. And the enemy doesn't fight fair. He never stands at you toe to toe. He always sneaks up behind you. He's a coward. And he blindsides you. But what prepares you and helps you from being blindsided is knowing God's word. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, and we talk about putting on the full armor of God. Many of you today, you have chosen the what you wore right now. And you took care of yourself physically by putting on your clothes. Amen? I'm glad that we're all, all sitting out there in our birthday suits, right? Can you imagine that? In your birthday. It's your birthday. It's but birthday suit birthday, right? But you had to put on your clothes to come today. And you took care of yourself externally, right? And if you're anything like me last night, I kid you not, at the wedding rehearsal, let me tell you why I didn't freeze yesterday. I think Harley may know. But Friday night at wedding rehearsal, Randy, I kid you not, I froze my Paduskis off, man. I mean, I was cold and it was freezing. So guess what? Wedding day came around 4 o'clock. And I knew that the sun was coming down. It was going to get cold. Guess what I did? I was prepared. I had my suit on. But what you didn't know is what I had under my suit. I had my long johns on. I mean, to tell you, I looked like I put my waistline on bigger. But I can tell you one thing. I was warm. I had my wool socks on. My feet were warm. I had another T-shirt under my white shirt. I mean, I was snug as a bug. But then when it started getting colder, I ran to the car and got my winter coat. Not my fall coat, my winter coat. And I was protecting my physical being. It's the same way with your spirit, man. You have to protect and guard that which God has given to you. If you knew that a robber was coming to your house, I said this in the first service, and Murray, right away, I happened to look at him at the same time. I said, if you knew a robber was coming to your house at 10 o'clock at night, Murray went like this. In other words, he was cocked and loaded. Why? Because he's protecting that which is his. Putting on the full armor of God protects that which God has put in you. Why do you let the robber come and steal what God has put in you? And the full armor of God protects you from the enemy stealing, and he steals no more. But he says, listen, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. He says, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and it's going to come. It's already here. How many of you know right now we're in the days of evil? We're not, it's not a surprise. The enemy's like a lion roaming to and fro. I mean to tell you, he's roaming faster and faster every day. The turn of events in our world. Can't you see the enemy? If you don't see it, you're blind. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, open their eyes. Amen. But it's happening, right, when the day of evil comes. So that watch this. So when it comes, it's here, you may be able to stand your ground. Stand your ground. In other words, stand firm and not be moved by every wind and doctrine, everything you hear on CNN, Fox, or anywhere else, that you're not shaken off home base with God. That if it doesn't line up to the word of God if it doesn't filter into God's truth, then, hey, I'm standing my ground. This is right. That settles it. I will not be moved off first base. This is God's word. So it helps you to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, now watch what he says. Are you ready to suit up? Are you ready for battle? Stand firm then. Stand firm. And here's how you do it. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Why does he say truth? Everything that you deal with in life, does it line up with truth? Let me tell you something, a secret about the enemy. The enemy loves to detour you and get you by this. He sprinkles in a little bit of truth to get your ear. And once you bite the bait, then he reels you in. And you know what happens when you reel in a big fish? The next thing, once you reel into the fish, you clean it. And that's what the enemy does. The bait that he gets you on is a little bit of truth. And how you get off the hook is knowing more of the truth and not just that little bit. And because you know a little bit, and he gives you a little bit, and you don't know a lot, you get sucked in to a point that you get cleaned. You get butchered. You get destroyed. You get beat up. You get hammered on because you took the bait. And you couldn't get off the hook because you didn't know more truth. You following? So watch this now. It says, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Then he goes, verse 15, he says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Wow. So in other words, you're suiting up just like you did today physically with your clothes. You're suiting up spiritually. You're protecting the temple in which God created and made. And not only are you protecting your temple, the Bible says that God lives in your temple. And you want to cherish and you want to protect that which lives in you. And if you don't have your armor on, you're giving the enemy total access to come at you. Then he goes on to say, verse 6, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. With it, you will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. You ever thought about that? What does he mean? All the flaming arrows of the evil one? Well, if you look back in the Roman days, one of the things they do is they would have bone arrows, they would light a torch on the end of them, they shoot them into the fire, into the army, and they'll start a fire or whatever. And what happened was is before they went out to battle, they would go, night before the battle, they would put on their, their breastplates a whole thing of leather. Stephen, what would they do? This leather would be about an inch thick. And Roxy, they would put it in water, and this would just soak up with water. And then time they went out to battle, they would put it on their shield. And so when they saw the fiery darts coming, that arrow would hit their shield, and the leather would extinguish the dart. So, man, we need to put on our shield and be ready and prepared. But then, watch this. And all the flaming arrows of the evil one, but verse 17 is key. Take up the helmet of salvation. Guard your thoughts, your mind. Was the enemy loved to attack the most? Your thoughts. But then he goes on, watch this. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you notice, all Jamie, all the parts that he talked about, about putting on the armor of God, is all in the defense mechanism. It's to help defend that what you're protecting. It's helping to protect your vital organs, your heart, your body, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. But if you notice, Harlan, it's only one offensive weapon that he equips you with, the Word of God. The Word of God. I don't know about you, but, man, if you ever have to play defense on basketball, I was a scorer, and I have to tell you, I hated playing defense. You know why? It wasn't because I didn't have the ball, but it was because I had to know the strategy. I always had to watch both sides, right or left, where they're setting the pick at. And there was many times after I got done playing the game, guess what? I had bruises on the side of my legs because I had to fight around the pick. I have to get around here, or i get boxed out, and, man, i get wrenched in my back. And I'm always playing defense. And when you're always playing defense, it makes yourself vulnerable after you get tired a while and never having a thrill of victory. It's after all the times of playing defense, eventually you let down your guard because you're not having any fun. You're not scoring. You're not advancing, but you're retreating. And if you want to play offense, you got to have the ball in order to score, in order to score to beat your opponent. Your offense, your ball that God has put in your ballpark is the sword. And some of you are not advancing, but you're retreating. And you're retreating because you're not using the sword. And it's a double-edged sword. So whenever you sw- sway it one way or the other, it's going to cut. And God says, listen, listen. I don't want my people to be playing always defense and backing up and retreating and never having the thrill of victory. I've given you the sword, thy word, that you can win this battle. Amen? So I I love that. And he goes on. Putting on the full armor of God is something you do. Something you do. No one else, you. Now listen, when you get to heaven, and you stand before the judgment seat of God, you're not going to be able to ride on my shirt tails or your mom or dad or your aunts or uncles or your grandma. It's going to be you. It's going to be you. And so that's why it's important that God is singling it out, saying, listen, you have to do it. It's a conditional promise. If you do your part, then God will do his part. You can't expect to ride on the waves of someone else when you get before God because God's going to have you judgment stand. He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Or he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's two things that you're going to hear, either good or bad. It's something you got to do. You have to do it. Not me, you. The different parts of the armor are to protect the vital parts of your body. They're to protect the vital parts of your body. God has given us His word to defeat, defend, and win in your spiritual battles. God has given us that. Now, I want to show you something, and maybe you can relate to this. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14, I love this. Look what He says. And, Walt, every time I think about this, I think of you as a farmer. The farmer sows the seed. Now, you got to get this. In order for a farmer to sow a seed, Walt knows and is there any other farmers in here other than Walt and Denise? Anybody farmers in here? Randy's a yeah, Randy's a halfway farmer. He's a halfwit. He's a half-wit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Michael Johnson. Yeah, but, but you know what? But what has, what does a farmer have to do? The farmer has to prepare the soil in order to receive the seed. I remember when I was a kid, I, I used to drive, and now they got, you know, 12, 18 bottom plows. At that time, we had a two-bottom plow pulled with an International M, International Tractor. And we'd pull a two- or three-bottom plow, and you dig up the ground, and, man, it will turn it over. And whenever you had oats or you had corn, it would turn it over. And then once you plowed it, guess what you did next? You came and you dissed it, and you broke up the ground from being plowed. And then after you dragged it, I mean, this, then you had to drag it. And then what What was doing, it was preparing the soil to receive the seed. It was preparing the soil. So a farmer, when he sows the seed, he's not going to sow a seed on hard or rocky or lumpy ground. And if you go to Minnesota, Cheryl was famous for this growing up as a little girl. She would go into the fields of Minnesota with a, with a tractor in a big wagon, and they would pick up rocks in the field. And uh, all the fields of the fields will pick up rocks, will pick up rocks. That was Cheryl. She was a rock head. Amen. I always said, if you put sweet pebbles in your mouth, you never have rocks in your head. You, know, you don't know that either, right? But watch this now. Watch this. In verse 15, check this out. Some people are like seed along the path. Now get this, get this. Where the word is sown, Man, today, right now, you're receiving the word. You're receiving the word. And my time, every time I see you is what? To encourage you, challenge you, inspire you. And when you leave, I hope and pray that you can feel like you can leap over walls and you can conquer great things. That's my encouragement to you. But watch what happens. Isn't this what happens to many of you? As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word. Was sown in them. How does he do that? Man, here's how he does it. When you leave church, man, you're excited. You feel like you can leap over mountains and scale great walls. But as soon as you get in your car, you have an argument with your spouse or your kids spill something in the car, and all of a sudden, wow! And that what you received here at church is all of a sudden gone. Or you get home and the dinner's burnt and the husband's mad because his, st- his stomach sounded like Daniel in the lion's den and he's hungry and you burnt the meal and now you have to wait or order a pizza and it's taking another hour and you're like, ah! And the hope that you received right now, the seed, guess what the enemy did? He took it back. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever said this before? Why did this just happen? What is going on? The enemy came to disrupt you to steal the seed that you're going to receive today. But then he goes on to say, watch this. Maybe this is some of you. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word of God, and once it's received, it with joy. In other words, wow! this is great this is exciting man oh wow this is cool awesome man Pastor CJ joy Jesus first other second yourself third that brings joy to my life but on rocky places and if you know and I know that seed cannot take root in rocks it can't take root in rocks it's here today and gone tomorrow but then watch this in verse 17. But since you have no root, see what I'm talking about? That lasts only a short time. Now watch this. When trouble or persecution comes. Think about that. Where are your roots in God's word? Where is your trust and your faith in God's word when trouble or persecution comes? It says, because the word, they quickly fall away. So you're excited about God. Think about this. You're excited about God and his word when things are going good. But when things are not going so good, guess what we want to do? You want your own word my way or the highway, and we pull up the word in which God has promised to us, he'll keep us in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on him. But i got to keep moving. Watch this. Verse 18. Still others like the seeds sown among thorns hear the word. And watch this. But they worry of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth and desires for other things come and choke out the word, making it unfruitful. And ask you, what are you worried about today? God says, do I not take care of the sparrows? And are you not more valuable than the sparrows? And if I take care of them, won't I take care of you? What are you worried about that's stealing life out of your life right now? What are you worried about that's stealing the joy out of your life right now? Are you standing on God's word and believing that God will provide, he will guide, he will direct, he will protect? Or are you being a worry wart? Are you being consumed by everything that's going on around you? So on Christ's solid rock, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to waver. But look at verse 20. This is so cool. I pray that this is you. I pray this is you. Others, like seed sown on good soil. We talked about breaking up the soil. That's you right now. Good soil, Noel. Noah, that's you. You, Noah, are a young man of good soil. Watch what he says. Hear the word and accept it. Patty, That I'm not just going to be hearers of the word, but I'm going to be doers of the word. I'm going to hear it and I'm going to accept it. I'm going to receive it. I'm not going to just let it go through one ear and out the other. I'm going to take it in. And I'm going to protect God's word and let it germinate and grow in me. Because if I do, watch this, and produce a crop, if you receive it, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Wow. Think about that. God's word, if you accept it. Can I ask you a question? Why is it that you can listen to a 15- or 30-second commercial on TV? Oh, if you buy this Cold Stone Tithe, right, that's the new commercial. Cold Stone's got a call, right? You buy Cold Stone Tithe, it's going to save you money in your heat bill of washing your clothes. So because I give you all these things about tithe, the first thing you do, you run out and you buy Cold Stone Tithe. Or you hear something about arthritis. Oh, man, if you buy this pill, man, it'll take care of your arthritis. But after they tell you all the pros about this pill, then they got the disclosure. But it could cause you diarrhea. Some people think it's funny, but it's really brown and runny. No mess, no pain, just let it hit the drain. Diarrhea. Or it could cause you vision loss. Or it could cause you aching in your pain. Or it could cause heart problems. But yet, you go out and buy it. But yet, when it comes to the Word of God, and God gives us all these benefits, 60, 30, 100 full, sometimes, we can't receive it. What's up with that? Think about that. God has given us his word to bless us, and yet we sometimes don't receive it. And I know the time's getting away, so I want to jump real quick, and I'm going real far. Uh, Donnie, follow with me. I want to go to promises of God's word for us today real quick, and I'm going to close in here. But God's promises for, for us today. God gives us, and these are four things that I face all the time with people. I face this all the time with people. I get my phone, man, rings off the hook, whatever. Four promises of God's word. Number one, his word over fear. Man, God's word gives you his word to help you overcome fear. I always say this, when fear knocks on your door, you should send faith to answer it. Romans 8.15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Doesn't make you slaves. Look what it says. So that you live in fear again. No. I don't take on the spirit of fear, but of love power and sound mind. Fear. Can I ask you, what are you fearing right now? And not only what are you fearing right now, let me ask you something. Is that what you're fearing right now? Is it really bigger than your God? It's about time that you talk to your God, right? Tell you talk to your fear, talk to your fear. It's about time that you talk to your fear about your God. Instead of having you talk to your have your fear talk to you. Talk to your fear about your God. You got to confront that fear and tell them, hey, fear, you don't know my God. And my God is for me, who can be against me? Talk to your fear. But your God. Number two, his word over depression. Do you know that the United States is the second leading country in the world for antidepressants? Do you know what the first one is? France. France is the first leading country for antidepressants. But United States is number two. Can you imagine that? We are the land of the free, but we're also the land of the depressed. Think about that. Walking in depression, the Bible says in Isaiah 43, verse 2, he says these things, when you pass through the waters, I will, I will be with you. I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And you can read all those other ones. Another one is this. His word over worry. Worry. Are you worrying right now? Ask yourself this. What you feed is what's going to grow. What you starve is what's going to die. And if you're always feeding that worry, that worry will turn into a monster that will consume you. If you're always feeding that, It'll grow into a monster that will devour you. But I love this Isaiah 26, verse 3. He will keep us in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I trust you, God. Listen, God said He will pull you through. He didn't give you the whole story, but He did tell you, I'll pull you through. Sometimes what happens, you just have to trust God during the journey. God, I'm not going to worry. I'm going to trust you. The last one is this, his word over confusion. Man, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Psalms 119 165 as we close. Great peace. Great peace. Always make decisions in the midst of peace. Whenever you make rational decisions and knee-jerk decisions, guess what? Usually it comes out of confusion. It comes out of anger. It comes out of spontaneousness, and you're not having the right mindset. So you're acting like a knee-jerk decision. And that's why he says: Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. I don't understand, God. I'm walking in a place of confusion. Have you ever had that before? But God, you're going to give me peace. And you're leading me down the path of righteousness. His word is established forever. It's been under fire for over 2,000 years. And it still stands true today. Will you stand with me today? I encourage you. Hear your pastor. You want to be victorious. Know the manuscript. You want to be a man, know the plan for your life. Read the instructions. You want to have victory. Know the manuscript. Thy word have I hidden, hidden in thy heart that I might not sin against God. But I'm going to win with God because I know God. Amen. Father, thank you for today. I pray that, God, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but, God, as it says in James 1, that we will be doers of the word, that we will apply it to our lives and accept it, that we will accept it into our lives, God, that, Lord, we will allow it to grow and transform us and change us from the inside out because, God, you're not an outside God, you're an inside God. You work on the inside. Man looks at the outward appearance, but, God, you look at the heart. And I pray in Jesus' name that, God, you do a transformation starting with your word. Give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Then we shall and will be full. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Bless this wonderful congregation. Bring us back for Wednesday night Bible study. It's been so exciting to see all the people and what, God, you're doing. We give you the praise and the honor. And we say this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you today. Have a great day in Jesus. Yeah, come on, give them praise. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.